1: Hawkeye Nation Podcast. Hawkeynation.com. Andrew Downs with you here. Once again, a beautiful Wednesday here in the state of Iowa. Hope you're enjoying the dry weather, the hot weather, the summer like temperatures. I know I am. It's not oppressively hot just yet. And so, you know, it'll it'll get bad at some point. I will regret, you know, enjoying the 90s. But right now, after the winter we've had, the uh, the 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 interesting time we're coming out of, I feel good. I'm happy about the Weather and uh, I hope you're doing well as well. Thank you for joining me here as we talk a little Iowa hoops with some uh, some good news today for the Hawkeyes. Desante Bowen, a point guard out of Massachusetts, has committed to the Hawkeyes. He's the class of 2022, and I don't know a ton about him beyond what uh, I'm going to tell you about right now. Uh, I I I've talked about this before. I think I don't get way into recruiting. It's just not a thing that. Um, interest me all that much. I I want to learn about these guys by watching them on the court and by hearing Iowa coaches and Iowa players talk about him. I want to hear Iowa media talk to him. Uh, and I've gotten my hopes up too many times on recruiting things. Um and then, you know, it doesn't pan out or the guy leaves or, you know, all of those kinds of things. He ends up not committing or committing somewhere else, decommitting, all that stuff. So I don't get way into recruiting, but I did see, you know, some trickles of this on Twitter. I know David I and the guys over at 247 were all over this, uh, but you have seen trickles of this over the last day or so. Um, De- DeSante Bowen, who visited Iowa City last weekend, and Iowa was, was early on him and big on him right away. Um... Rob Howe has a really good story up, a couple of pieces, but but one that he posted, you know, even before this commitment happened, where he talks uh, to Desante Bowen about his official visit. Uh, Bowen talked a lot about how he enjoyed, you know, the program and where he could fit within the the basketball uh, playing of of the team, but more than that, it's just kind of the feel for the city and the guys and the the culture and the chemistry. You know, he said to Rob Howe, his favorite experiences were eating dinner with the whole staff and, and his family and being hang, able to hang out with those guys. That's something that Fran values a lot. He, he puts chemistry ahead of talent, not not far ahead of talent, but he values chemistry. He wants guys who can come in and be a part of the program. This new transfer portal world that we live in is going to be interesting. So there's a part of me that wants to even hold up on getting too excited about this. But I am excited. I think this is a good get. It's it's Iowa's first 2022 uh, commit. And I think it shows that Fran McCaffrey has possibly gotten over the hump with his point guard recruiting. It's been a thing for his entire time here at Iowa. And and we've run into it many times. It happened again this past spring against Oregon where... Iowa just doesn't have the kind of athletic guards they need to compete with teams with very athletic guards. And Oregon was one of those teams, and we've seen it several times. When you get to the NCAA tournament, you know, you can hide it a little bit more in Big Ten play. But when you get to the NCAA tournament and you come up and it's all just about that single matchup in that one game, it's it's a tough thing to hide. And you had three players in that Oregon game, you know, Jordan Bohannon, C.J. Frederick, Connor McCaffrey, go scoreless. That's your backcourt, and that's scoreless, and that's not good. So the more athletic point guard that Fran seems to want, uh, he seems to be getting now. He has gone after some big names in the past and been very, very close, most notably probably Tyler Eulis, who ended up going to Kentucky but was very close to being a huge, huge get for Fran McCaffrey in this program. It'd be interesting to see kind of where recruiting went Beyond that, didn't get him, he went to Kentucky. And uh, we've played with a lot of kind of less than ideal athleticism in our backcourt for a long time. But we've seen over the last two years, and we'll see a lot more this coming season, Joe Toussaint is a different level of player. He can't shoot the way that Jordan Bohannon can. Um, It'll be interesting to watch him kind of take over the offense, as as he had to do his freshman year with J-Bo out and and then you know had had an interesting sophomore season but with him coming back as the the go-to guy the the starting point guard you've got Aaron Ullis Tyler's younger brother who we saw some flashes from his freshman campaign and expect a bigger role from him and now this 2022 point guard Desante Bowen coming in. He is a top 100 player, a top 100 point guard. Uh, kind of depends on, on where you look at the the rankings. And again, Rob does a nice job in his piece of breaking down. Two four seven sports ranks Bowen as a four star, the number 17 point guard and the number 87 player overall nationally, regardless of position in the 2022 class. That is a an, an elite level recruit for the Iowa program. Rival sees him as a three-star, the number 37 player at his position, and probably just outside the top 100 uh, at all positions. But regardless, uh, something you can always kind of look at is other schools have uh, offered. He had offers from a lot of Big Ten schools, uh, some Big East schools, a couple schools in the ACC. And so this was a sought-after guy, but Fran got in on him early and showed him what what he what he needed to see when he came to Iowa City uh, last weekend. He was scheduled to visit officially visit Northwestern and Maryland in the coming weeks. Decided he did not need to see that, and he has committed to Iowa. He did so on his uh, his social media feeds today. And again, you can read the write-up that Rob Howe has about his visit, and then a new write-up that Rob has about the commitment. You can see uh, the the note from Desante Bowen about why he's coming to Iowa, and I'm sure we'll hear a lot more about him and hear some from him as we move forward. Uh, here, uh, again, I hope and I think you know I'm optimistic. We've we've gone over that. I'm hoping that this kind of is a turn-the-page moment, a, a turn-the-corner maybe moment for Fran McCaffrey and his point guard recruiting, his guard recruiting, because you know getting these guys like this that that he has wanted for a long time, he can really kind of uh, shape his system around guard, guards like this. And the next three point guards in the system now, Toussaint for the next two years, Aaron Euliss after that, now DeSante Bowen, they're all the athletic point guard that we've been pining for as hawkeye fans for a long time now so we'll see what Fran can do with these guys uh, but i am i am interested to see how this goes and excited it's a good day for iowa basketball when you get that level of recruit
0: i'm alex rodriguez and i'm jason kelly from bloomberg
1: this is the deal each week you're hear us in conversation with business icons this show will explore deal making across sports media and entertainment Speaking of recruits and, and new players, we've we've heard from a couple of new guys, and that's where I want to go with the rest of this podcast. Uh, Philip Robracha and Peyton Sanford are on campus; they are with the team, and they met the media yesterday. I have not listen to this. Uh, I have not watched it. Again, like everything, this is up at hawkeye nation.com. Thank you to Rob Howe for that. You can watch this video. It's uh, just under 20 minutes of of press conference with Philip Rabracha and Peyton Sanford. Uh, Rabracha, obviously the the transfer from North Dakota, uh, a guy that that was brought in to kind of fill the shoes of uh, Luca Garza and Jack Nunji. Garza's off to you know find his fortune in professional basketball. Nunji's off to Xavier to be closer to his family, and that left Iowa with a, a big hole for a true you know number five center type player. Josh Agundale will will have a, a, something to say about this, as will the the Murray brothers and Patrick McCaffrey. Iowa's got a lot of size. It'll be interesting to see kind of how they they fit them all together on the court and uh, what ends up working better. But I do think Robracha is a guy who I penciled into my starting lineup day one. Uh, he's a guy who did big things in North Dakota on, on a smaller stage and uh, now has a chance to do some big things in the Big Ten and some really, really big shoes to fill, clearly, uh, when you're coming into the, the two-time Big Ten Player of the Year, the National Player of the Year, the uh, greatest Hawkeye in, in history by all statistical accounts in Luca Garza. But Rabracha, I, th- I think the one kind of note I've already seen about this is he plans to be here for two years. He's got uh, he's played three years, but he has that extra year of eligibility thanks to COVID, and he plans to be here for two years. He wants to develop himself uh, in this Hawkeye program, and I think that's really good news for Iowa fans as well. So let's get into it. Here we start with Philip Rabracha. Again, this audio and video is available at HawkeyeNation.com, uh, and I appreciate you listening along with me. I'm just going to play it, and when I hear things that interest me, I'm going to jump back in. Discuss those, and we'll keep moving through.
2: Hi, Philip. How are you today? Uh, I'm doing well. How are you? I'm terrific. Thanks for asking. I was wanting to know how Iowa's style of play impacted your decision uh, to come here, and uh, how much of Luca Garza have you watched over the last year to two years?
3: Uh, Starting off with the first part, you know, I know that Iowa uh, likes to play fast, and that's not really something we did in North Dakota. And, you know, it's a very free flowing offense. Everyone is engaged. Everyone has a has a role to play. Everyone can make decisions and can make plays. So, you know, I wanted to go to a place where uh, this was the case because I think this is like the best and the most fun brand of basketball. Uh, And then, you know, I I had uh, I I watched a few games of Luca Garza. I didn't follow Iowa throughout the whole season just because, you know, as as a student athlete myself, you know we had our own competitions and whatnot. But when I when I got the chance, I definitely tuned in into Iowa. Um, so uh, yeah, I got to see a few games. All right, Philip. Next question is from Chad Lystekel at
0: the Des Moines Register.
4: Hi, hey, Philip. Welcome to Iowa City. Thank you. Um, what uh, what was Frank McCaffrey's specific pitch for you uh, to to come to Iowa? It's he does not use the transfer portal often, so he must have seen something in you that he
3: liked. Uh, you know, he just wanted he just told me that my versatility uh, will, will be used, you know, and this is what I what I pride my game on, you know, doing a little bit of everything. I can shoot a little. I can drive a little. I can be in the post. I can run. I can mid-range, you know, face up. So, you know, that was his uh, pitch to me that all, all aspects of my game will be used. And, you know, I just really like to hear that, because that's that's kind of what I pride myself on.
1: That I like I like these answers so far, right? He knows what he's getting into. He knows the system he's coming and you know Chad Lysko makes a good point there. Fran McCaffrey does not use the transfer portal very often. Uh, he knew he needed to go get a guy who would fit his system, and sounds like you know through a couple of minutes of this, both he and Philip Robracha feel like they have found a match in each other to fit each other's uh, games.
0: Philip, next question is from Mike Kloss. Hello, Philip. Hi. Um, if you could uh, give me a nutshell
4: biography of yourself, where have you lived, where have you played, that sort of thing.
3: Um, I lived all across of Europe and a few places in America. Um, I was born in Italy when my ba- my father played for Benetton. I lived in Greece right after uh, when my father played for Panathinaikos and uh, he won the EuroLeague there and was the finals MVP. And then he decided, you know, he wanted to challenge himself and go to the NBA. So our first stop in the U.S. was uh, Detroit, then L.A. And I went back to Italy. And then when my father retired, uh, I lived in Serbia for a few years. And then after that, I decided to come back to United States to finish off high school. Uh, I finished high school in Colorado, then I went to prep school in Massachusetts. North Dakota was uh, my previous university, and uh, now I'm here. So <laughs> it's been a long journey to say. What
4: was three years in North Dakota like, uh, considering all the other places you lived?
3: Uh, it was very different. You know, I feel like this was my first time in being in the Midwest. Um, you know, just people the the culture and whatnot, um, and definitely the winters. So now that, <laughs> that uh, I'll never forget the winters up there. It's probably the most uh, brutal thing I've ever experienced. But, you know, it's it's a place I really uh, called home for three years and it gave me a lot of opportunities to become uh, not only a better athlete and student, but also a better person. So I really cherish my time over there. Philip, well, next question is from Jet Beecham.
2: So Philip, I mean, with with having all the experience you have, you know, growing up with with a dad that played basketball over all over, you know, what did you learn from him? And how how does your game, I guess, mirror his if it does at all?
3: Uh, I mean, I I learned a lot and, you know, and I still talk to him like literally almost every day about um, practices and what I need to do, but he's. He's always been telling me I need to be in the gym 24-7. You know, If I've been in the gym for three hours, he says, oh, back in my day, I was in the gym for four to five hours. And if I've been in the gym for four hours, he's been in the gym for eight hours. Uh, so, you know, he's always just telling me that hard work is uh, is the number one thing. So work ethic and, you know, and he's been trying to promote that as much as he can. Um, and then our similarities in, in our game, uh, I mean, he, he played the classic five, you know, he was taller than me. He was seven foot, you know, and he predominantly played in the post. Uh, but we both have a similar mid range game and I guess post game. Cause we both use our finesse at times. And, uh, you know, that's how I'd kind of compare our two games. But uh, apart from that, you know, I'm, I'm a little more forward oriented than he was.
1: So let me get this straight. A big man who's been kind of underrated his whole life, ties to Europe. A father who pushes him in the gym. I I, I like this formula. I like it so far.
0: All right, Phil. Next question is from Scott Docterman.
2: So, what? Uh, how many languages do you speak, and what is kind of you considered your? mother tongue
3: <laughs> uh, i i only speak two languages so serbian and uh, and english i mean i was learning italian i can read and i can understand it but i can't really speak it um but considering my mother tongue it's really hard because i remember i was maybe like two or three when i moved to the us and uh, you know i kind of learned serbian and english simultaneously and i really haven't mastered either language until later Later on in my life, so uh, I, I can't really pinpoint. what uh, I would say is my mother tongue, because I'm fluent in both, and I learned but learned them at the same time. Well, they're different alphabets. I mean, isn't it more of a
2: Cyrillic alphabet, and that's awfully difficult. Where whereas going from Italian to Spanish to English, or isn't that different? That that must be.
3: Was that ever confusing learning both languages? <laughs> yes, uh, but I mean, in, in, in Serbian, we also use uh, uh, the Latin alphabet as well. So it's not only Cyrillic. Um, you know, I still I, I did learn Cyrillic, and Cyrillic took me a little bit of time when I was a little bit older to learn. And uh, it's I don't know, it was kind of weird learning all these new letters. But you know, I feel like I I I know them pretty well now.
0: Okay, thank you.
3: All right, Philip. Next question is from Chad Lysakow.
4: Hey, uh, I think I read in your statement that you, you know, one of the reasons you left North Dakota was to pursue a graduate program. What uh, what are you going to do at Iowa, and do you is your plan to be here for one year or two years?
3: Uh, my plan is to be in the Masters in Finance, um, so that will be my graduate program. And uh, UND was uh, didn't offer that; they only offer two uh, specific grad programs that I was not really interested in, unfortunately. Um, and uh, can you repeat the second part of your, oh, so if, if I'm going to be here for one or two years, you know, the plan is to be here two years, cause this is a two-year de- degree. And I really want to, I mean, I, I don't want to leave things, you know, unfinished. So my plan is for two years, but you know, if, if I have an exceptional season and, you know, I have an opportunity to, uh, go play pro and, you know, earn, a lot of money, I guess. So, you know, it's uh, it's always something you have to take into consideration, but I am strongly, you know, leaning towards staying here two years.
1: There it is. That's that's good news. Um, and obviously, you know, there's a part of you that, that hopes he has a great season and becomes a, you know, an NBA first-round draft pick because of how he carried Iowa to a Final Four, and uh, <laughs> I don't think that's real likely. But, uh, you know, barring something like that, uh, it's good to hear that he'll be in the in the program for two years and um, you know hopefully solidify that that center position for these next couple of campaigns uh, you know this is I, I don't know how interesting everybody finds this I find it interesting and kind of fascinating because it really is just kind of like a get to know you it's like I'm learning more about Philip Bracha than I could have ever learned just by reading articles or you know all of the the kind of talking about him we did while he was in the transfer portal and, and when he made the move to Iowa so to kind of hear it from his mouth hear about his life I, I'm I'm in enjoying this I hope you are as well,
0: well next question is from Don Doxy
3: yeah Philip. just uh, what are, you've been here for what maybe a week or so what what are some of your early impressions of Iowa and Iowa City and and the people here uh I mean my first impressions was uh, when I actually committed because you know the fans part that I received was overwhelming you know and it was I know Iowa fans are really into their sports, I guess. Um, but being here, you know, it's it's a great town. It's a great college town. I mean, I got to see a few places here and there. Um, so it's a really, a really nice place uh, to be in. You know, I, I like being in a little bigger places. So it's uh, I think this is a little bit better for me than Grand Forks, North Dakota. Um, so yeah, I mean, I have no complaints so far. You know, I think I'm in a, in a great place. Our next question is from Mike Kloss. I don't want to
0: pigeonhole you uh, as a Serbian, but do you have uh,
4: any kind of comparison to Nikola Jokic? The
3: <laughs> uh, funny part is, uh, Nikola Jokic and uh, I are actually from the same hometown, and uh, we actually know each other. Um, so when I go back to Serbia and when he's there during the summer, we sometimes see each other. I mean, we're not. I'm not saying we're best friends but you know we always meet each other we always talk about how we're doing and whatnot um when we were younger we used to practice during the, uh during the summer I forgot how old we were we, we were very young um but i don't know he's, he's a special player you know he's a once in a generation type player and um i would say my maybe some of my post moves might resemble his so I would say that would be the main resemblance of my game to his.
1: What? Yeah, I think any of uh, of Jokic's moves would fit really well at Iowa. The the new and reigning NBA MVP, and uh, that's a NBA MVP, NBA MVP, and um, kind of cool to hear that 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 they know each other. And you know, for Jokic to win the MVP, he was he was drafted forty first overall. I saw a thing on Twitter today that showed when he was drafted and it was at the point in the draft where they were just showing commercials and like the draft pick would just kind of come across the bottom of the screen. So it's like there's a Taco Bell commercial. while Nikola Jokic is being drafted. He is now the MVP seven years in. I'm not saying that Luca Garza is going to be an NBA MVP I'm not saying that Philip Rebraccia is going to be an NBA MVP, but I am going to say that it shows a path for guys like that who aren't highly touted coming out, coming into the league, to kind of make their way, find their game, improve themselves, and not just become very good, serviceable NBA players, but become stars of the teams that they are on. Again, I don't think I. I wouldn't predict that to happen for Garza, Robracha. I wouldn't predict that for anybody, but to see Jokic do it has to give those guys a little bit of hey, there's the path. That's how it's done.
4: Can you tell people about him that you know? <laughs> you know, I mean, I mean, just being on the same court with him, you must have some description of him or some idea of why he does the things he does or how he does them.
3: Um, Well, back then, I mean, we we were young, so, you know, nothing really stood out. But, you know, off the court, I really think he's a humble guy. Um, You know, when I see him out there, he's, he doesn't, he's not very flashy person off the court. You know, he's very down to earth. That's something that um, I don't know if a lot of people know about him, but maybe people from our, our hometown and maybe from Serbia know, but, you know, um he's a really humble guy, you know, and we we like to see that, I guess.
4: And that's S- Sambor, is that correct? Uh Sambor, yeah. Okay, I'm sorry for the pronunciation. Thank you. It's all good.
0: All right, we have time for one or two more if anybody has it. Otherwise, we'll let Philip go on his way. Last call. All right. Thank you, Philip, for your time today. And again, welcome to Iowa City and good luck with your summer workouts.
3: Thank you. I appreciate
1: it, guys. All right. From one Hawkeye newcomer to another, uh, Robracha was not the only one to meet the media yesterday. Peyton Sanford from over here in, uh, in Des Moines. He's a walkie kid. Won a state championship alongside Tucker DeVries, who's headed to Drake with his dad, Darren, who's the head coach there. And uh, Omaha Bilou, who's leaving Waukee to join a prep school. That was reported by Matthew Bain of the Des Moines Register. I don't think he has picked his prep school yet, although I did see he was in Iowa City today taking his visit to uh, to the Hawkeyes. He would be class of 2023, and he is like a a real, real, real stud, a real big player. Um Probably a a pipe dream for Iowa to get Omaha Baloo. But his high school teammate, Peyton Sanford, was a big get for the Hawkeyes this coming season. Uh, I got to see him play a couple of times with Waukee, a very good player. Uh, I'm going to be interested to see kind of how his career progresses. Again, (laughs) you have to kind of just stop and remember with this new transfer portal world, not all of these guys are going to finish their careers in Iowa City, but if they do... And I'm still going to go into it with like the assumption that they will. Uh, I'm excited to see kind of what Peyton Sanfort, uh has coming for us. And I'm excited to hear what he has to say right now.
4: Hey, Peyton. Welcome to Iowa City. Um, I just wanted to kind of talk to you about your dynamic with Joe Camp. I know people are kind of trying to compare you to Joe. And I know you're your own guy. But uh, Joe is going through a process right now. But if you had any conversations with him about how to adjust to uh, kind of that small forward position at the collegiate
5: level and maybe, um, some advice that he's given you. Um, he's not currently on campus, so I haven't talked to him a whole lot. Um, but during the past year, uh, talked to him a little bit over text and he just stressed the importance of kind of being able to use, use your own pace and play your own pace to, to keep the big 10 defenders off balance.
0: Peyton, our next question would be from Chad Leistakow with the register.
4: Hey, Peyton, welcome. Um, What, uh, what is, what have the coaches told you about what they expect from you this first season? Um, Are you looking to make a big impact right away? Kind of learn things? What, what's your mentality?
5: Yeah, um, since the beginning, um, all the coaches have been, uh, really open with me about, um, I think I'm going to have a, a chance to get some minutes. Um, but it really all depends on how hard I work and um, how well I perform in the summer and the fall and leading up to the season. And then um, it's really up to me.
0: Peyton, our next question is from Don Doxy.
3: Yeah, Peyton, uh, just wonder if you could tell us what the first couple of days have been like, has there been something that's really jumped out at you that's, that has been a lot different
5: that you didn't expect in these in these first few workouts? Um, I wouldn't really say that there hasn't been anything um, that I didn't expect um, so far I've really noticed how how much different the speed and the conditioning and the pace are um, here in Iowa City than like say high school but um, I kind of expected it and I've been preparing for it so um, the transition's been a little tough but um, I'm starting to figure figure it out and how to play at this big time level and that's going to be a higher me. level of- has there
3: been a higher level of physicality that, than you expected?
5: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, Everyone just a whole lot stronger and more athletic and faster, everything, you name it.
0: And the next question is from Scott Docterman.
2: Yeah, Peyton, uh, Iowa loses a ton at the position you play or that area, and it could be more once uh, Joe makes his final decision. How do you think you do or what do you think you can do to help s- step in and kind of mitigate those uh, those losses and and in and, in and both minutes and, and then also in productivity. I know you're your own guy, but you're going to be playing a position and trying to do it the way that some of the other players did.
5: Yeah, um, we're losing quite a bit. But um, so far, Keegan and Patrick have really impressed me. Um, just their versatility and length is um, it can be a lot for teams to handle. But um, I think I can definitely come in and contribute um, some shooting. Um, I'm going to like work my butt off to become the best defender that I can and um, be able to compete defensively. And I'm just going to bring in a ton of energy and um, hopefully hit some shots and make some plays and um, contribute some of what's been lost.
0: Peyton, next question is from Mike Kloss. Um, What made
5: you choose Iowa? Um, Ultimately, I think it came down to just my feel for the program and, like, just kind of the family environment that I was walking into. Um, Already so far, we've gone over to Fran's house a couple times to watch numerous NBA games or the boxing match the other night, and everyone's always hanging out with each other, and the the guys are super great. So um, what I expected to walk into is so far it's been a great, great family setting. And, um, it's something that I'm really happy that I chose to come play here.
1: That's awesome. That's, that's so cool to hear, you know, and we get understandably so, so caught up in, in wins and losses and, um, you know, sweet 16s, but there is more to this than that. And the culture that Fran McCaffrey has fostered within that program is clear it's clearly uh, familial as it should be with multiple kids on the team um, but to just you know he's he's inviting the, the players over to watch NBA games and I bet there's more coaching happening in there than than the players even understand at the time um, but just you know the the chemistry the again the culture the fit the familial part of it that's what we started this podcast talking about that's why DeSante Bowen is coming to Iowa. That's why Peyton Sanford is coming to Iowa. It's part of why Philip Robracha feels comfortable coming to Iowa. Now, obviously, these guys need to perform and play well and win games and do all the things. But I'm happy to have a coach who thinks this part of it is important. Um, Some of you probably don't care if this is important to people. Some of you probably don't care if... You know, these guys feel good about where they are, or you know, feel uh, loved and supported by Fran and his family and this program. But it is important. We learned it was important a year ago with the football stuff, right? And like that's a, it's kind of a different thing, but there is an extent to which it's just a culture and like a familial thing. It's much easier in a basketball program to foster that sort of thing with that fewer, that many fewer uh, people involved. But, I just I really like hearing things like that. It, it makes me uh, feel good about Fran McCaffrey. It makes me like him even more. And hopefully, you know I know we're eleven years in. It'll translate to more wins at some point. And I, that, that that's even a little unfair. There were more wins last year. It was a great season last year. It didn't end the way we wanted it to. It was a fantastic season last year. Give me more years like that.
0: Peyton, another question from Chad
4: Leistcow. Um, Were you uh, are you were you already close with some current guys on the team before you committed or since you committed? And uh, I have a follow up
5: too. Yeah, um, a lot of the guys are from in state. So I've known or played against them for quite a while. So I've been texting with guys throughout the year and um, know like the McCaffrey's and um, Joe Toussaint. They've been texting me a lot. So I've gotten to know them pretty well.
4: You mentioned getting adjusting the Big Ten style. We all know it's really physical, as Don mentioned. Uh, do you have a what's your weight now, size wise, or and what maybe does Coach Maxwell or whoever want to get you to
5: by let's say October? Um, yeah, I came in following my senior season. I was at about two hundred four, um, and then I kind of hit the weights hard. And coming into here, I was at two fourteen. So um, I haven't really talked to Coach Maxwell yet about the the end goal of where I want to be at. But, um, as of now, we're at 214.
0: Hey, next question is from Pat Hardy.
2: Yeah. Peyton, what part of your game do you think is most ready for Big Ten ball right now?
5: Um, I would say right now, it's just probably maybe my playmaking and my, um, quick ability to get shots off. And then, um, I like to think that my basketball IQ can, can help out a lot of guys. So, um, those main three things are kind of have been my thing for the the past, however long. So I'm um, coming in that can make a big impact.
1: All right. That is Peyton Sanford. You heard Philip Robracha earlier, and that was a audio and video courtesy of uh, Rob How at com. You can watch that entire podcast or I mean that entire press conference rather uh, there. You don't want to watch the podcast. You don't want to see me while I'm doing this. I I can promise you that there's nothing interesting happening over here. Check out HawkeyeNation.com. Uh, Rob has another piece already up about Josh Dix, uh, a, a shooting guard that was offered in April in the 2022 class. Uh, so that's that's a guy. And again, the Omaha Baloo was was there as well today. So if you're into recruiting... Rob Howe and Hawkeye Nation is the place to be, and uh, I appreciate you listening to this. We'll be back next week at some point. We're going to start diving back into football. We're into June, baby, and we're just a few months away, and it's a an exciting time to be a Hawkeye fan. I saw Pro Football Focus put out their uh, projected top twelve for this season, and Iowa was at number nine. Number nine. Those are lofty expectations. Can they get there? It's going to be interesting. We'll, we'll know out of the gate where they're at, although we thought that a year ago, and they started 0-2, and we felt like it was all falling apart. Then they rattled off six straight wins and uh, have yet to lose. I guess they, they have a current six-game winning streak uh, all against Big Ten teams, which is fantastic. We will talk more football as we move forward. I do appreciate you joining me here. Thank you for listening. Go Hawks.